Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Dr. Anne Louise. She is known as the First Lady of Nutrition and author of 30-plus books on health and wellness. And I have to tell you, one of my greatest concerns today is the electromagnetic pollution that is hitting all of us in our homes, in our place of work, in our lives, as we go out socially, as we drive. I'm very concerned about the youth population, children that are walking around with cell phones in their ears, the amount of cell phone towers that are around, and how we're in this invisible environment of electropollution that's so profound. And because it's invisible, a lot of us aren't dealing with it. We're not questioning it. Anne Louise has written the most incredible book. In fact, I want to say to all of you listening, every adult and every teenager should have a copy of this book to be responsible for their own health and well-being. This is a must-buy. It's called Zapped. Why Your Cell Phone Shouldn't Be Your Alarm Clock and 1,268 Ways to Outsmart the Hazards of Electronic Pollution. Anne is a New York Times bestselling author. This is another blockbuster. It has to do with what's happening with you personally that you can't see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the First Lady of Nutrition, Dr. Anne Louise, to its rainmaking time. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for that lovely introduction. It's all true. Well, the first thing I want to say is that it's really scary. I've known about this for years, and it seems like there were a lot of, quote, esoteric options to deal with the level at which we're bathing in electromagnetic pollution. But your book is so profoundly realistic and has so many complete applications for trying to ward off a lot of what's happening. That's very, very practical. Why 1,268 ways? Did it just happen that way? <laughs> but who's, <laughs> counting? who's counting? Um, you know, why your cell phone shouldn't be your alarm clock and 1,268 ways to outsmart the hazards of electronic pollution is, is a wonderful subtitle that my publishers came up with with Zap. Well, they're brilliant, I'm telling you, because it's probably true that there's 1,268 ways. <laughs> and, and, and more. And I think that the real problem here, as you so eloquently stated in your introduction, is that this is a kind of pollution that you can't see, you can't hear, you can't smell. But, oh, my goodness, we are certainly feeling its impacts, but not very many of us, Kim, are really connecting the dots. I think this is the most inconvenient truth of all, and this is a huge underground secret that even your doctor isn't talking about. And that underground secret is that we are all being zapped. Nobody is sounding the alarm about the truth regarding the cumulative and I would say chronic effects of EMF or electromagnetic energy fields. And that's all this electropollution that's coming from our beloved cell phones, our cordless phones, our iPads, our smartphones, our microwave ovens. Think about it. We are absolutely immersed in a sea of about a 100 billion times more electronic frequencies than our grandparents. So this is something to be reckoned with. As many people think, this is not just advancement, but this is the shadow side of what we call the wireless revolution or evolution that is impacting all of us. And I dare say that there has been a dramatic rise in so many diseases over the last 10 years, 
And I truly think, Kim, that this has paralleled the increase in microwave radiation from our environment. And I think that's enough to make us all pause and say, hey, it's time we take a look at what we're living in, what we're surrounding ourselves with, and that is in our workstations, that's in our play areas, that's in our homes, and that's also in our schools as well as our malls and our airplanes and our coffee shops these days because you can't go anywhere without being immersed in this stuff. The other thing that's really scary to me is that wireless is being popularized like a meme. And it's so profound because wireless is cool. The devices are, quote, cool. There's branding in the wireless. There's neuromarketing in the wireless. And so we are absorbing a wireless paradigm A as being cool and good and in and, quote, effective. So part of it is consciousness. And then the next thing is everywhere we go, as you just described, we're immersed in it. We're, we're immersed in it. But let me tell you something. There, there was this concept that as long as the radiation that you're exposed to is not ionizing, meaning it doesn't heat or create a thermal effect on tissue, or knock out an electron from its orbit here in the, uh, the good old atom, that it was absolutely safe. So people are under the misguided notion that all of these lower-level frequencies are not impacting health. Well, the good news is there was a recent study in a peer-reviewed journal, which is none other than the Journal of the American Medical Association, which showed that cell phone radiation actually changes brain metabolism. And I think that's going to change this misconception that it's only the ionizing radiation from CAT scans and x-rays as they accumulate in your system that are going to create free radical damage that will affect the body. What we now know is if there is a change in brain metabolism, that means that there could be a possible shift with, with regard to DNA as well as your cell membrane, which closes down and the misfiring of your neurotransmitters because the body absorbs this very low-level energy almost as if it's its own and can't really tell the difference. And so when DNA starts to break and the cells begin to misfire and your nervous system goes on autonomic or sympathetic overload, we see problems accruing, whether it's problems with your memory, whether it's a problem with a growing brain tumor, or a problem in terms of nauseousness or low-level feelings that you may have the flu consistently. All of this can be connected and has been connected in the literature, by the way, with all of these fields that we are currently immersed in. And I must tell you that in 2007, there was a landmark project entitled the Bioinitiative Report, and that was reviewing over 2,000 peer-reviewed studies from about 30 years of science. And it showed dramatic and very compelling health risks that were associated with chronic EMF exposure. Sometimes it was up to 10 years, sometimes as little as five. And that included the increase of Alzheimer's, of breast cancer, of Lou Gehrig's disease, of EMF, immune system hypersensitivity, disruption of our brain function, the way the JAMA study just corroborated, and, of course, the breaking of our DNA and leaks in the blood-brain barrier. So the research is out there. 
the research is out there, but we're not hearing very much about it, Kim, because this is a big industry that we're fighting against. It's almost as powerful as the pharmaceutical lobby. The well, you know something? It probably is the second most powerful yeah. <laughs> lobby that's out there. If you think of the trillions of dollars in terms of telecommunications, and everywhere you look, there's a smarter smartphone. So the reality here is that we're talking about technology that has certainly made our lives easier, that has made business perhaps flow more efficiently, and I can't really say that, to be honest with you, because I see a lot of miscommunication now that that goes on in terms of people reading their emails, sending all sorts of, of instant messaging and so on and so forth. But more importantly, I think, is the understanding here that with technology may come health risks very similar to what we found, for example, with, with low-level HRT that was so popular so many years ago. And this is a public health crisis that's in the making. It's out there because we're all exposed, and you can't just walk away from it like you can from secondhand smoke or decide not to go into that tanning bed anymore. You're immersed in it whether you like it or not, and it's impacting you within your home, your workplace, and in the school environment, as I said. That's the problem. And there are no no tests out there or no research to condone the cumulative effects of what this is doing to the body. So as soon as the studies come out, I'm ready to jump on the bandwagon, and we have to become real activists because this technology is really being planned as a major rollout throughout the country with even more high-powered antennas than we currently have now in our neighborhoods. I have to tell you something. After I read your book, I went to antennasearch.com. I love it. I noticed that there are 158 tower structures detected within four miles from where I currently live. Seven, How many are there now? There are 158 tower structures detected. Oh, my goodness. Seven new tower applications detected as of 3-8-2011 and 431 antenna locations found. I have had shortness of breath. I have felt so tired, unnecessarily tired and fatigued. And I'm usually a very upbeat person. I have endless energy and everything. But in the last year, I felt tired. And I have a transformer by my bedroom. So obviously, everything you're writing here, everything you're illuminating to the public, the detail, the science of it is true. It's true to the extent that we're just not, we haven't developed in an environment that has been, that has been just permeated with all of these negative frequencies or these frequencies that I should say that are artificial and that are man-made. And yes, they're having a negative impact on the body. Um, one of my real gurus in terms of writing the book, and you have to understand that, that, that I have many books to my credit, but they were all on the topics of detox and diet. Right. So this is a departure from what I've ever done, and the reason that I wrote the book was because of my own situation here where I developed a parotid gland tumor, which researchers then connected. I didn't know it uh, many years ago when this thing just grew out of the side of my neck, but has been connected with the consistent use of a cell phone on one particular side of your head, which, of course, was where my little parotid gland tumor uh, took, took root. So one of my gurus, uh, who is B. Blake Levitt, um, she's a New York Times writer and the author of a wonderful book that's detailed and zapped all about electromagnetic fields, said something very interesting. And what she said, and I'm going to quote her at this juncture, she said that most living things are fantastically sensitive to vanishingly small EMF exposures, and that living cells like yours, like mine, interpret exposures as part of their normal cellular activities. 
So that means that your body is electrical, which is why I have a whole chapter called the body electric. Right. Your heart is electric. Your brain is electric. So then when you get interference from these low-level impacts that are out there in the environment, your body just absorbs it as if it were itself or as part of their own signaling characteristics, and then these particular frequencies start to misdirect cells in a whole bunch of very unusual and very um, confounding ways. So then we get the misfiring of your neurotransmitters. Your, your brain becomes impacted. There, again, it may be leaking in the blood-brain barrier. And more importantly, which I find very, very frightening, is that many scientists have coordinated this effect and have corroborated the connection between constant EMF exposure with environmental toxicity. It's almost as if your cells do a lockdown so nutrients can't get in, detoxification can't get out, and it's almost like you've been exposed to heavy metals or some sort of toxic chemical. And the body also responds by producing biochemical stress proteins. So it's almost like your body was heated with some sort of radiation like your x-rays or your CAT scans, but there has really been no heated effect found. There's a biological, there's a physiological effect, and that's where the problem is. Now, your situation is so common these days with people that suffer from electro-hypersensitivity, but they simply don't know what they're suffering from. They blame it on stress, you know, which is created in, in some part by the overexposure of these fields. Sure, or, or aging, or I'm, aging. Or I'm getting older, exactly. But it's very, sen- it's very sensitive and it's very similar to radio wave sickness that was identified in the 50s by the Soviet Union, former Soviet Union. So people get cardiac problems, there's palpitations, there's lower high blood pressure, and then there also can be an increase in the heart rate. And they have connected that most recently with an interesting study that was published in the European Journal of Oncology, which suggests that cordless phones, now we're not even talking about cell phones here, but cordless phones which transmit pulsed signals that are similar to wireless networks can increase heart rate, nearly doubling it in some cases. So you think about everybody that has gone cordless, Kim. I mean, I don't know anybody that has a regular retro phone, you know, with the exception of me right now. Me too. Me too. I use a Polycom. <laughs> well, I, I have a, an old-fashioned corded phone here, and I would suggest that if there's something that, that people can do, because this may seem very, very overwhelming for your listeners, the most important thing that you can do is to change up those cordless phones for a corded phone. It's one of the best ways to protect your system and the whole household, for that matter, from these constant pulsating signals. It's not even the power of the signal. It's the pulsation of the signal that impacts the body on a biologically profound level. So cordless phones have to go, and if you do need them in the house at all, you have to keep them at least four rooms away from any human being. How do you like that? That's powerful. Let's talk about the fact that people keep cell phones in their pockets, in their purses. They sleep with them in their beds. Some people some people have them three feet from where they're sleeping. Can we talk about that? Because the proximity of the cell phones, we know how many people have gotten cancer and have gotten tumors from being on the cell phone a lot. A friend of mine, formerly in the real estate business, has developed a cancerous tumor behind her nose. And she was on the cell phone six, seven hours a day, sometimes longer than that, to do what she does. And 
it's hard to know like where these things come from, but I just noticed that people that are on their cell phones like this a lot have gotten sick. Other people have thyroid problems. Other people have autoimmune system function. But how about having cell phones in the bedrooms and people using them as like a second line or a primary line? You know, you, you bring up a very good question. You're seeing more and more of these very strange kinds of tumors. You're seeing a lot in the throat. You're seeing a lot with the tonsils, a lot of problems with ears and ear ringing. And many individuals who are exhibiting these types of disorders are those individuals that live on their cell phones because of their jobs or because they simply are very technologically savvy and live on cell phones. Um, what I want to say here is it's just like in, uh, you know, the, the, the realty field here. It's location, location, location. The farther you are away from any of these devices, the healthier you're going to be. And when it comes to your cell phone, you really need to keep it at least seven to eight inches away from you. So it has a lot to do with location. But when it comes to your sleeping environment and when it comes to your bedroom and what you need to do to regenerate, rejuvenate, and make sure that your melatonin levels are sufficiently high so you can ward off cancer and other kinds of degenerative disease, you're going to want to keep as many electronics out of the bedroom as possible. And that would mean that it would be the safest place in the house to have really a wireless zone, you know, and I really think we need a wire-free zone someplace in your living environment. And what I would tell everybody here is that if you, in fact, are using anything digital in, in that bedroom, uh, replace it with an, an old-fashioned wind-up clock. That's number one. And one of the health, most helpful things that people can do, and just do it as an experiment, is you turn off the fuses at night that supply the bedroom. Some individuals even have this demand switch at the bedside to make it more convenient. But when you do that, you're not exposing your system to any kinds of fields because it's not just coming from your communication devices. It's coming also from anything that's plugged in, any kind of electrical appliance. So you want to make that as electrically free, as, as normal to the natural environment as possible, and just give your body at least six to seven or eight hours of a reprieve uh, which which it's not getting because there's constant exposure and there's involuntary exposure to our children as well as to the elderly. What people think at this point is that we've had too much change in too short a time, and that's what's producing the, the severe stress. We just haven't had the time to adapt to all of these um all of these exposures, all of these frequencies that seem to overlap each other, and now there'll be a new layer if, if smart meters get their, get their way across the country. So the idea here is you want to keep your bedroom as peaceful, as harmonious, uh, and, 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 is, and assimilates a natural environment that we all, you know, emanated from, that we all grew up with. You know, you think how you used to feel when you had your feet on the ground, directly into the ground, the healing energy of the earth. You want to approximate that kind of environment and experience in your bedroom. And you can do that by making very small changes. It's what I call my electronic feng shui that I go through in the book. <laughs> That's great. Before you go into that, I noticed that you're a very big earthing advocate. Is that correct? I am because I saw the difference in my blood before getting grounded. I just started using it. I just started using it. Sorry to interrupt you. I just started using it. Yeah, I, I am because there are not a lot of ways that you're going to escape what's out there, you know, to be quite honest with you. You certainly can do all the common sense and easy things that I tell you to do in terms of moving furniture and appliances, but 
you're also going to want to restore the body to its natural harmonious state. And there's something to be said about this whole concept of grounding. In other, in other words, connecting yourself to the healing negative electrons of the earth that have the ability to neutralize the free radical damage that's created by so much uh, of these electrical fields that we surround ourselves with. And many people, Kim, have talked about the benefits of earthing. They right. have seen improvement in their inflammation-related problems. There's been definitely an increase in better sleep, faster sleep, um, more sound sleep, increased energy, and lowered stress, where they've done before and after cortisol-level studies. So there's something to be said about being connected to the earth and the calming effect that you see, the circulatory effects that are seen, and the normalization of the body's biological rhythm. So yeah, I'm a big believer in earthing. I sleep on sheets that are grounded directly to the earth outside, and they're made from these conductive materials, and I assume that's what you're talking about when you, when you talk about being grounded. Right, or I, I'm well. actually using the mat. So when I'm at my desk, I have my feet on the mat. Well, see, I've got my feet on the mat when I'm at the, at the desk. Yes. When I'm there right now with both feet barefoot on yes. my little universal <laughs> mat, which is, which is grounded directly into the electrical ground, you know, uh, in the wall. And I also do this at night as well with um, grounding sheets, and I also sleep in an RF tent, would you believe? I have a special tent that I sleep in. It is almost like a little canopy that's made from a specially conductive mesh material that is able to protect the system against radio frequencies that are being that are coming to me in the courtesy of my own bedroom and in the privacy of my own bedroom because we have a huge cell phone tower that's not too far away from me right across the river and as we know water is a wonderful antenna and it's a better transmitter than any medium that we know of so it can magnify those impacts yeah so it's all over and you've got to do whatever it takes that's why making your sleeping area into a healing haven to me you know is just common sense because that's something that you can hopefully control and even if you just get a mat that you put your feet on at night, you know, you can put that you can put that right on your bed. I think that's a good beginning for people. You'll see a difference in terms of healing, chronic aches and pains. You'll be dreaming like crazy, by the way. And you've probably you may have experienced that already. But I don't think there's a there's a night that goes by when you don't work out all these deep deeply psychological issues in your mind because you are now being grounded to healing energy. It is amazing what happens with people. And there's some double-blind placebo-controlled studies to really prove it. So, yes, earthing, the most important health discovery ever. And I think it, it's right up there with penicillin in terms of the importance of this discovery. I'm interviewing them in a couple of weeks, and they wanted me to use their products before I actually did a piece with them which is fine. I'm very happy to do it, and I'm very excited about it. Do you take melatonin? You know, I find, interestingly enough, I take a little melatonin because we know how important melatonin is in terms of the ability to protect the system and to maintain circadian rhythm and to help you fall asleep at night. I have found that since I have been grounding using the special grounded sheets that I write about in Zapped, I don't have to take as much melatonin. So it's very interesting. There's this normalization, and again, I'm going back to the grounding, which, by the way, the Tour de France team used. You know, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, you know. indeed. And, and there's some A-list athletes that also sleep in the grounding pads. They've got grounding bags, grounding sheets. 
you know, the universal maths. I mean, so this is something that, that all of Hollywood has been on for, for several years at this point. But what I can tell you is that you don't need as many vitamins and minerals when you're doing the grounding. And there is this calmness that really impacts the system because of the normalization, particularly of cortisol and melatonin. So it isn't just cortisol that becomes balanced, but it's also melatonin. You sleep better, you sleep more soundly, and no, I don't take as much. But I do take, I still use about, I'm going to say it's anywhere from one to three milligrams per evening. I was taking four times as much before the grounding. Are you taking time-released? I'm taking a special melatonin that I actually created after doing the research with the book. Really? Yeah, so I'm doing a time-release melatonin that also has a number of minerals that it, uh, that it also releases when it releases the melatonin. There is zinc, there is manganese and selenium because I find that those particular minerals act in a way as very potent antioxidants, particularly to, uh, I would say to help the damaging effects uh, that, that occur with a cell membrane. That's great. That's wonderful. And, and, I didn't even know that. Most people are very deficient in manganese. It's one of those underrated minerals, very important for uh, SOD, for a certain enzyme that your body should be producing on its own. And then, of course, the selenium, major anti-cancer uh, and antioxidant in its own right. So, yes, I've been able to decrease quite a lot of my intake thanks to this, this wonderful technology. And I think that's what we have to depend upon. It's technology to, to um, really, uh, I would say, technology to offset the, the impact of other technology. It's all preventative. I loved how many people you cited when you talked about Dave Stetzer, the 98% solution and the dimmer switches. I want you to share a little bit about him, what your findings are. This is a really practical way for people to help themselves. And I would just really appreciate if you would share something about these other remedies as well. Well, I think you're talking about the dirty electricity. Yes. Yeah, the dirty electricity, which is almost, uh, it's polluted electricity where so many of these uh, higher frequencies can get onto your regular electrical wiring. And it's something that I really stumbled across, to be quite honest with you, when I read about a case of a gal in Wisconsin that was living on an old dairy farm and found that she got chronic fatigue, a very young, very vital woman, you know, in her late 20s, and then couldn't walk up the stairs after living in this home. And it was found that her, her ground outside, that the earth outside was being contaminated with ground current uh, and she needed to install very special filters to kind of block this this uh, electrical current that was coming back into the house, and that's where this whole dirty electricity uh, concept really began to take uh, root in my own mind. And so what she found was that by installing and measuring, she first used a meter. It's a microsurge meter that uh, you, you can get online. We certainly have them available at ruzap.com. And if you go through your house, you will simply plug in this little meter, and the meter registers uh, these microsurges of power. And if, in fact, the meter is anywhere more than 50 in terms of your electrical environment, then you would need to start adding filters to bring down the readings, which are called GS. Uh, it's, it's actually named after the developers, the Graham Stetzer meters. And my home had something like 200, 300, 500 GS throughout the home, so it took 40 meters to bring 
40 meters or filters, I should say, to bring those readings down to less than 25. That's totally shocking. Yeah, to me. For, well, I live in Idaho. I mean, it's not, you know, I'm not in a, I'm not in a big city and I'm not in an apartment building where there are all sorts of, um, wireless routers. They're, they're not antennas. I mean, I'm just here on the river, you know, in, in a beautiful area and next door to me is a huge church camp. So where all this was coming from, I have no idea other than to tell you that when we built this house, I didn't know anything about electromagnetic energy fields, Kim Greenhouse. I mean, what did I know? I knew from nothing. So we have dimmer switches. We've got all sorts of electrical things. You know, you can just push some sort of switch here in the house and you can hear music. I mean, all that takes electricity and it all takes special wiring. So we had quite a bit of problem here in the house in terms of this dirty electricity. And when we installed the meter, the filters, I should say, there are filters, and they're just these little little filters. I mean, you just plug them into the wall. Anybody can do it very easily. I found an immediate difference in the way in which the house felt, and so much so that when an electrician came in to fix, you know, one of our exercise bikes, for whatever reason, he did his own detection of our electrical fields and said, this is the cleanest house I've ever been in in 20 years. And he didn't know that I had gone through the whole house and I'd put all these, these uh, filters uh, throughout the house and every single room of the house. There are so many levels of this. So you've got the electrical fields from all your electrical appliances, and then you've got the radio frequency coming from anything wireless, any communication device, and then, of course, this latest but greatest uh, issue, which is the dirty electricity. And they have found in, in many schools where kids come down with problems, uh, you know, whether it's terrible headaches or their asthma gets worse, when they start implementing the use of the meters and then the filters, the asthma decreases, the, the uh, tardiness decreases, ADD decreases, as well as problems with uh, mold, because mold cannot proliferate in an EMF-rich environment. So it's amazing what's going on, and now we're going to just add another layer of radio frequency to our already inundated environment if, uh, if the smart meter people get their way in terms of metering out our, um, our resources. So that's just another issue, you know, that has come up all over the country, and, and people are really suffering greatly from these, um, these smart meters. People will be complaining of terrible headaches, dizziness, nauseousness, and persistent chronic flu-like symptoms with the installation of smart meters, sometimes within 24 hours. So there's there, we hope this will continue, but there seems to be a grassroots movement in terms of a moratorium with reference to the smart meters and even the smart grids that they're now talking about. So, yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> um, a couple of things. One is I did a speaking engagement a few years ago and did visit Idaho, and I was in Boise, and I really enjoyed my stay there. And I think it's very interesting to hear about your situation in your home and what you had to do. I also think it's extremely exciting that we have some remedies. Good okay. news is on the horizon. You know. We do have remedies. You know, we do That's have what remedies. it is. It's not just about making people afraid or fearful or fear-mongering or whatever, but we have remedies. And, you know, I wrote this for the people. I wrote this so the people would have remedies because, again, I think this is a public health crisis in the making, and there's so many simple things that you can do, and it's just as easy as brushing your teeth and flossing as far as I'm concerned. What do you think about about the fact that everybody should have a Gauss meter. Oh, I, you, yes. <laughs> 
That 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 was uh, easy. That's an absolute yes. I mean, get yourself a real cheap meter, or you could use your transistor radio. I talk about that, you know, in the book. Even a cheapy little transistor radio, which will be able to detect uh, any kind of noise, which then will indicate an electromagnetic field. Yeah, you can do that, or get yourself a Gauss meter. And anything over, it's actually what we want is one. One mg. You don't want anything more than one on your Gauss meter. One one uh, mg on there. And also these switches that are put in the wall to bring the whole frequency down, the pollution down. They're only thirty five dollars, aren't they? Something like that. Something like that. So you've got all that that you can that you can look at. Uh, and then of course there, there there's the grounding techniques, the grounding yes, absolutely that we've talked about for every bedroom. Yeah. What do you think about the new flat screen HD TVs? I mean, they're not new anymore, but the fact that people have them in their bedroom. Some people are not going to part psychologically and spiritually with having a flat screen in their bedroom. What do you say to them? You just unplug it. That's what you say. Okay. That, is that you want to plug it. And some of the newer ones, you know, are much healthier than the plasma TVs. So uh, that's not as much of a problem as we thought. So so those kinds of things I think we can live with quite healthfully. Thank you very much. But if you have a microwave oven, I mean, I certainly would be very careful about that microwave oven because every microwave oven that's ever been tested with any of these meters has been found to leak. I don't own microwave ovens, and I haven't for 20 years. And people say, What? You don't have one. I would never have one. There's no nutrition in it anymore because you killed it. Well, you, because of the problem with the enzymes and the nutritional impact, right. yes. And then the more that you use it, you know, the seals on the doors become weakened and loosened. And so we have seen uh, radiation emanating. That's microwave radiation emanating at least 1,500 feet. And when I had my own home ghost-busted or EMF-proofed, so to speak, <laughs> it was amazing what we found. Now, I had somebody here for three days, and, and, and that's when I said to myself, you know, if I'm going to be writing about this, I truly have to live it. And that's when we made all of the, um, the various, um, I would say, home improvements. The environmental intervention <laughs> is what I like to call it you know, throughout the house and because of the special meters. And you need special meters for different elements in the house, by the way. Uh, not every meter does what we want. The Gauss meter, to me, is the first in terms of electromagnetic fields. And, you know, you want to look at, at MGs or milligauss in terms of that. But if you look throughout the house, uh, you'll, you'll find problems, sometimes even with power lines. Uh, we had a problem with our power line. I never thought that would be our primary problem, but, but it was. And we had to install and buy ourselves. Um, we had to buy a transformer, which we made sure, you know, was placed in a certain area so it wouldn't impact us in the house because there was at least one volt of what we called at the time stray electricity that was finding its way into the master bedroom. I mean, you know, it's very perverse because all of the problems that we found in our home, Kim, were in the office where I spent half my life as well as the bedroom. That's profound. It was profound because I never would have known it if I didn't do the book. And the other thing I never knew is that I had a cordless phone that was masquerading as a corded phone. It was one of those deck phones, but I didn't know that it was cordless until we did one of the, the meter tests. Uh, we have an electrosmog meter, and it started screeching right near my, my desk, and we couldn't figure out what that was all about. Because I believe, you know, hearing is believing, so I kept moving it, moving it, and kept <laughs> unplugging. And finally my husband said, oh, see what you can do with that silly phone. Maybe it's the phone. Lo and behold, I was holding that up to my head for I can't tell you 
how many hours of interviews and 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 um, dictation or that's not the modern word, but you know description to some of my researchers about what I needed in terms of getting all all of this in place for my book, and here I was using the very device I was writing about. So I mean, this stuff is is kind of scary, and it, it's scary when you are impacted by it and you start getting the health effects. And they're very variable according to the individual. I think that this just weakens the system, and whatever your weakest link is, that's where you're going to show the most problem. But there's a lot of chronic fatigue out there that's escalated. Think about the autism and thyroid cancer, which has quadrupled in the past couple of years. You're so detailed in this book. You acknowledge Robert O'Becker, who wrote The Body Electric. Oh, yes. He's my hero. And God bless him. And you write also about magnetite which I want to talk about in a minute, which is becoming a major issue with what's happening with the magnetic fields of the earth. But before we talk about that, two more things. One is hair blowers. Talk about that. That was really an eye-opener. Well, you know, there's a chart in the book that shows all of the all the electromagnetic energy fields that come from some of our most convenient appliances and some of our most convenient um, hair dryers and electric shavers and electric toothbrushes. And it's amazing how much energy is emanated, the, 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 the width and breadth of the field that comes from a hair dryer. It's one of the highest. But it's, not, it's one thing that I don't pay a great deal of attention to because you're not using it consistently day in and day out. You know, you may be using it for five or ten minutes, and because I did the book and I remember... I remember the readings there. I don't even use one anymore. Let my 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 hair air dry as 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 most as as I can. Uh, so that's not the concern because it's very very infrequently that you're not using it. You may be using it frequently, but for such small spurts of time, that's not impacting you as much as using that cell phone or carrying it with you on your person or using a laptop on your lap where you could be irradiating your nether regions. So that's really where my concerns are, the things that you use daily uh, with extensive with extensive duration of time and that come intimately involved with your body. That's why men should never be carrying their cell phone in their pocket because we have found that there's a 30% decrease in sperm motility. So that's not good. And a lot of kids, a lot of young boys put the cell phone in their pockets. Oh, I know. And, you know, and you talk about the youth. I mean, that's where we really are concerned because based on some of the studies that were done at the University of Utah, this radiation, this microwave radiation, it will impact children 50% more than it does adults because their skulls are thinner and their brains are developing. I mean, there are countries, many of the European countries, uh, from France to Germany to Spain to uh, Russia, uh, Russia, where they are now talking about the importance of not selling any of these cell phones to children, prohibiting them from use in certain schools, and they're talking about how dangerous they may be used consistently except for emergency below the age of 18. So the Europeans are far ahead of us, as far as I'm concerned, with regard to their concern for human safety. They truly are. And Japan has just uh, installed fiber optics rather than these smart grids, rather, rather than a whole wireless infrastructure. And I think we have to look to Japan in terms of uh, how much safer and how much healthier that would be in terms of um, the use of some of our technology. So there's a lot to be said in terms of what other countries are doing. 
There's a lot to be said in terms of how people are feeling. And every single day when you hear somebody get some other strange symptom, you have to say to yourself, number one, how many cell phone towers are there around your vicinity? Number one. Number two, what are you sleeping in? Number three, do you use the smartphone every day? Are you texting rather than talking? And are you using your cell phone in the car or in the elevator or in the in the train or in the subway because that's a problem too when you're using it when when you're in a traveling mode because the cell phone has to power up the more it has to uh, attach itself and and reconnect uh, to a cell phone tower. So there's so much to be said in reference to all of this. It just kind of boggles the mind. But when you don't become well because of your technology, then you'd really take a second look, don't you? I think it's the only thing that really makes people stop and pause to reflect in terms of what's going on in their environment that may have been the the genesis of their diseases. What do you think about the fact that it may be a standard for air passengers to now bring all their cell phones into the craft. I mean, when we're up there flying anyway, most people don't know you get a lot of radiation, but now it's going to add a whole other level. I know, and and I must tell you something. You, and then you're in this metal container high up where you're being. You've got the you've got radar, you've got gamma rays, you've got all sorts of radiation right. you're exposed to, and now everybody's playing with their wireless. I mean, I don't know if there's an airline now that that doesn't proudly say wireless, you know, uh, on, on the plane itself. So there's a problem, and I'm one of those individuals that, that flies because I have, to do, I have to do engagements, I've got to do television, you've got to be out there promoting. And I dislike it intensely because maybe I know too much, and it always seems that I'm seated next to the individual that is using some sort of wireless device throughout the entire plane flight. <laughs> Well, I wonder if that's where we take our earthing mat <laughs> somehow. We plug I, there in. should be little ports maybe made available, <laughs> and they're going to be earthing shoes soon, yeah. <laughs> I heard. I heard about that. It's, it's very exciting, but I think we have to just keep in mind that there was an award-winning professor of neurosurgery at the Australian National University, and he said on television several years ago, cell phones will kill more people globally than tobacco and asbestos. And this particular neurosurgeon, it's Vinnie Carana, believes that the definitive link between cell phones and brain cancer will be proven within the decade. So we've just got, um, I think, five more years you're going to see this as being absolutely, uh, you know, uh, part of, of, of what we understand and accept. But in the interim... I think it's very important that we protect ourselves. You know, I think that when people start getting cell, cell phone-induced tumors, God forbid, or parotid gland tumors that are malignant, God forbid, or any of these diseases or disorders or autoimmune problems, I mean, then it's too late. How do you reverse the damage that's already been done to your DMA or the leaking in the blood-brain barrier? That's my question. What do you think about the new types of refrigerators? There's supposed to be a couple of refrigerators on the market that pull in less pollution. Have you heard of them? I have not, but I know that there's certain kinds of technology out there now that can uh, that can decrease the kinds of gases that the that the refrigerator puts out. But and by the way, when we do our measuring in terms of the Gauss meter and right. how how the, you know milligauss wise how how perverse some of these fields are. The refrigerator puts out huge fields. It's a huge source of electromagnetic fields. And it's important that you do not have a couch on the other side of your refrigerator where you're sitting or sleeping or somebody's head is resting. 
Very important. That's why I asked you about the refrigerator because I know it's a big one. It's it's a big to me. That's a that's a real big one. And and any of our machines, you know, the fax machine. If you take a look at one of those charts that's in the book. They all emanate fields. So the understanding is you're not going to get away from it, certainly, but you want to protect yourself where you can and then just choose to pick your battles. And I think the most important thing is not, is, is the cordless phone and probably the wireless router to make sure that that's disabled when you're not using it. That's brilliant. I know you talked about magnetite, how it's in birds, it's in fish, it's in all of us. Can you talk a little bit about it? I think it's very important since we're dealing with magnetic fields of how we have the biology of this magnetic field antenna in us. Talk a little bit about it. Well, it's, it's true, you know, and, and we feel that with all the cell phone towers that are going up all over the place, that this may be one of the reasons that birds fall out of the sky, that the bees are collapsing, you know, in terms of their hives and so on and so forth. And it may be because this particular, it's, it's almost like a magnetic substance that is like a, a natural honing device that it's somehow becoming um, interfered with, with all of these strange signals that are being emitted from everything wireless that is in the environment. We as humans also have these in the ethmoid sinuses, believe it or not. So it's a way in which we attune ourselves to the environment, and the natural environment is most definitely magnetic to some degree. Uh, we're impacted by the the rise and fall of the tides, by the geo geopathic pull of the moon, uh, even uh, the solar flares that impact the system. Yes. Uh, and there was a huge solar storm, by the way, uh, on Valentine's Day that um, many people find maybe the reason behind this problems that people are having in terms of, of virus and all kinds of autoimmune problems. So magnetism affects the body. We are electric and we were we were engineered, we were created with this particular electromagnetic substance that attunes us to the environment. I think what happens is because the the natural environment is becoming so polluted, perhaps the body just picks up all of these unnatural frequencies similar to the xenoestrogens in the environment and interprets it as its own, and then the misfiring and miscommunication starts to take place. And you decalcify, by the way, you start losing calcium from your cell membranes. And that, to me, uh, and it's worthy of repetition, is huge because it's one of the reasons that I think we all benefit from magnesium because we're losing calcium in the cell membranes. And that was discovered just about three decades ago in terms of uh, electromagnetic um, exposure. So this is a problem that's not going to go away, which is why I think everybody should read something like Zapped and do whatever they can to be proactive. And if not for you, then for your children. Wouldn't you agree, Kim? Absolutely. And the thing that's so shocking to me is how many parents are advocating that their children have cell phones and there's tremendous peer pressure. And if that teen or that child doesn't have one, they're not in with all the others and they can't text and they can't this. And so it's a profound peer pressure item now. I know. And you know something, I'm not sure what, what the total answer is with this. I certainly think that uh, a cell phone might be very helpful for emergencies. There's no question about it. I would just insist that your child texts whenever they can. It certainly limits the duration of exposure and does keep the phone farther away from the head and body. And if you do need to use any kind of uh, headpiece, it's best that you use an ear tube, air, A-I-R, 
IR, air tube headpiece, rather than something wired or wireless. And that would, again, you know, separate you from the, uh, the antenna. So there are lots of ways that you can get around this. Um, you just need to go offline as much as possible. Uh, if you have to place the phone against your head, then you just switch your ears regularly while chatting on your cell because that will limit the prolonged exposure on one side of your head. Uh, keep your cell phone uh, calls short and also keep an eye on those bars because you shouldn't be using a phone when the signal is weak or when you're traveling at higher speeds. Um, when you're in a car or a train or a plane, and of course you're not using it when the plane is in the air, but the reality is that when you're in a moving vehicle, that this will automatically boost power to maximum as the phone attempts to connect to a new relay antenna. So all of that you know, needs to be taken into consideration. I have a question about that scenario. For example, when I'm in the car, I used to have my cell phone transferred to the GPS unit and then talk on the phone that way rather than having the cell phone to my ear or to have the speaker on from the cell phone. Does that boost the power throughout the car even more or is that better for me? You know, something we would have to get an RF meter and see because this is not the first time that question has been asked. So um, remind me about that. And as soon as I get myself one of these latest, greatest um, RF meters, and there, there's a new one on the market that I'd be able to use. I will tell you what, what, what I find out. That would be great. I think that people would be interested in that. And also, who sells these air tube headpieces? Uh, where they're available on our site. So Wonderful. So get a look at ruzap.com. It's what I have to do when I'm making calls and I'm on the road and so on and so forth. And that seems to be the safest. Now, interestingly enough, there was this article that I believe I alluded to in the beginning of our conversation, and it was research, actually, that appeared in the Journal of the American Medical Association that showed that cell phone radiation changes brain metabolism. Well, at the very, very end of that piece, which was edited out, <clears throat> the head researcher suggested that one way that people could protect themselves against cell phone radiation was to get an earpiece. So um, that's coming from a head researcher in NIH. So an earpiece is the way to go, and the ear tube earpieces, to me, are the very safest. And they're they're comfortable. They're not you know they're not terribly bulky. They're comfortable. They're you can easily store them, put them away. But I think it's important because we all now believe that this commonly held device, in many cases, can double your risk of getting a brain tumor if it's used too frequently or for too long a period of time. So I'm not wrong to have avoided getting a smartphone. <laughs> well, you know, I no. everybody I, wants me to have the iPhone. There are newer ones that come out that are coming out every day yeah. by some other, you know, brand. Sure. Certain, certainly, no, I I'm not doing it either because I because I know too much and I'm maybe not as you know in in tune with everything that's going on. But there's just so much that you need to know, um, and I don't think that it's that it's even. I don't think it's, it, it's how shall we say, this aesthetically pleasing um, in terms of etiquette that people are bringing their iPhones or smartphones wherever they go, particularly when you're out to dinner and everybody's got that iPhone and it's on the table and nobody's talking to one another. They're just checking their emails or their messages. It's really changed life, hasn't it? Do you think that's for the better? I don't. No, I, I, actually, I don't. I probably be a dinosaur. <laughs> but I remember when people used to chat with each other and it was considered actually very rude to be carrying a device or, or having a conversation that wasn't related to, you know, your immediate your immediate environment, your immediate location or situation. I mean, I see it going on 
all the time, do we actually need to make a conversation, you know, in, in the middle of the grocery aisle or in the drugstore? I mean, I hear all sorts of personal bits and pieces and tidbits that, you know, I'd rather not hear about. So it's almost like a reality show in terms of everyday life. <laughs> the world is my bubble and my bubble is the world. The smart meters that you were referring to are very disconcerting. Talk a little bit about what they are so people are clear. Well, it's the new way to kind of meter your resources of uh, utilities, and they're being installed pretty much throughout the country is what my understanding is. And not only are there lots of billing errors with this particular kind of smart meter that sends radio frequencies either back to a car or to headquarters pretty frequently so that, you know, you, people know what you're using in terms of your um, your utilities, but this is where people are starting to really get sick. Uh, I've heard so many cases of individuals who have gotten severely ill, again, within 24 hours. I know we're saying this again during the interview, but I think it's important to repeat. It bears repetition. Within 24 hours of installation of these so-called smart meters, and they're calling, again, for a moratorium throughout the country. I know Connecticut has just pushed through some kind of measure so that they, they don't have to... Um, they can wait a little bit and really look at some of the research because apparently with all the billing errors, this is not going to save anybody any money. And there's this health risk. So the last thing in the world that we need is this next layer, a new layer, yet upon layer upon layer um, of more intense electromagnetic radiation uh, that we're going to be living in. So um, I think this is a real problem, quite honestly. Who are your opponents? Besides oh, the all, obvious. Everybody. <laughs> That's easy. That's easy, everybody. You know, this is, you know, I wrote for the people. I didn't write for the, the and hopefully, you know, interested and enlightened politicians, but individuals that are very tied to their technology, individuals that are really hardcore material scientists. Uh, this is all very new to me, and I try to translate the terminology so that everyday individuals can understand it. But those that are very high-tech, and so on and so forth, if they see one, one word that may not be the exact scientific terminology that one needs to use, you know, they'll start to discredit you, and, and they try that all, all over the place. So I would say it's individuals that really have something to lose in terms of um, their, Longevity? their addiction, shall we say, their addiction, their belief, their paradigm uh, with reference to this. But there are very, very erudite and articulate independent scientists that are speaking out all over the place, whether it's Martin Blank from uh, Columbia University or Henry Lai or Ole Johansson at the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm. These guys are talking about what's going on now is the biggest biological experiment ever proliferated on the human race. Wow. And they're not fear mongers. They've got all the research. They see people day in and day out. And the current standards simply were not developed, Kim. They weren't established to really uh, encompass all of the radio frequency radiation that is just 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 drowning us day in and day out because everybody what is there five billion people now that have cell phones um, it's unbelievable and and you don't you're not just using it for the normal reasons i mean you're using it for all other reasons because now they're they they've transformed themselves into these uh these these computers you know these iPhones these smartphones so 
I would say that people really need to take a look at the book, you know, read it, understand it, slam it, do whatever you want, but just be informed. I think that's really what I feel is important, to be informed and to take all the measures that you can for you and your children, because daily, I don't think a day goes by, Kim, when I don't hear about one more individual that has some sort of strange cancer that just came, quote, out of the blue, or individuals that have lots of, of, of symptoms of tiredness, chronic fatigue, skin problems, ear problems, eye problems, lung problems, and those are all target organs in terms of microwave radiation. So uh, we fool ourselves into thinking that all of this technology is really for our advancement. In fact, I think that we're going backwards in terms of our health. Have you always lived in Idaho? No, I didn't. I, 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 I didn't. I'm from the East Coast. I'm a Connecticut Yankee by birth. <laughs> And what made you move to Idaho? Well, we came here because I felt it was one of the most pristine environments in the country. You know, it's like the Geneva of the Northwest. Right. It is lovely. I mean, you must come and visit. Where are you? I'm in Los Angeles. God help us all. <laughs> well, you know, I lived, in, I lived in Santa Monica. I love it. I love that area. Right. But actually, I've been to Idaho, so I will be back. Well, come and visit Northern Idaho. I would love to. That will make that a day. You'll come in. You'll see the house. You'll see everything we did. We'll take the meters out. You'll see what I do once a week in terms of the dirty electricity. You'll see all my grounding devices. Yeah, I think it's made a huge difference in terms of me. And some of us, Kim, and and, and here's here's something that we haven't mentioned that I want to leave your listeners with. Some of us are more sensitive than others. Not everybody feels the effects. And, And according to what the researchers in Sweden have to say, um, and in Switzerland, they believe that at least 35% of the population is mildly sensitive. So they're, they're not even, you know, acutely sensitive. They're not chronically sensitive. They're mildly sensitive to these impacts. And again, people are not realizing where it's coming from. They're just getting used to feeling worse and worse. And symptoms don't go away the way they used to either. So I can say this is where it's from because I did the book and I had a tumor. That's how I became involved. It was like enlightened self-interest. That's why I wrote the book. It was for me and to share that information with others. Now it's up to you and your listenership to take the information, to read it, to observe it, to read it, to heed it, and to do the best you can in terms of being proactive about this and to get politically active if you need to. It's such an honor to have you on, and I so appreciate your time and the tremendous body of work that you've done throughout your life and also recently with the delivery of Zapped, why your cell phone shouldn't be your alarm clock and 1,268 ways to outsmart the hazards of electronic pollution. Dr. Ann Louise, the First Lady of Nutrition, thank you so much for being on the show, ladies and gentlemen. If you would like to go to her website, you can go to annlouise.com or www.areyouzapped.com. God bless you, and I will see you in Idaho. <laughs> That's a date. That's a- <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you.